0: So here's today's transformational truth. A lack of vision produces a lot of frustration. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Today's guest is visionary and leadership expert Dusty Wilson. Dusty entered full time ministry in 1980 and has served the church as an evangelist, youth pastor, minister of music, executive pastor, lead pastor, and state youth director for over 18 years. Dusty now serves as the executive administrative liaison to the general overseer of the Church of God. Most importantly, Dusty has been married for 41 years, has three children, and five grandchildren. We had such a rich conversation about the importance of a clear vision. So without any more delay, let's get started. So here's today's transformational truth. A lack of vision produces a lot of frustration. Vision is simply a clear snapshot of your preferred future. It creates clarity, it informs your decisions, in fact, until you have a vision, it's difficult to discern what you, should, what you should say yes to or no to. You'll often end up chasing the next shiny object that catches your attention. But the moment you've identified your God-given vision for your life or your organization, suddenly things get clearer. You stop taking shots in the dark and praying that you hit your target, and you're finally able to focus your time, energy, and resources in one focused direction. Here helping us unpack today's Transformational Truth is Dusty Wilson, a visioneer who has incredible authority on all things leadership and vision. Dusty, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're truly honored to have you on.
1: Hey Pastor Travis, it's good to be here on this program and the podcast that you're doing. I'm honored to even be invited to be on here today. It's an awesome opportunity.
0: Well, I've been looking forward to this one. You and I go ways back, and our relationship means so much to me, and it's part of the reason I wanted to to have you on. I wanted other leaders in the kingdom of God to be exposed to your gift. In fact, Dusty, it was about 17 years ago uh, I that
1: you never said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I only look 19. Oh, it was about 17 years ago that you sat down with me, uh, a younger leader— very early in my own leadership journey and you took about three hours on a saturday morning to explain to me the importance of vision and as a matter of fact um you might be uh, entertained to know that i still have those original handwritten notes from that meeting wow. in a file folder and uh, it was one of many conversations you and i would have surrounding leadership and vision and they've all had a profound impact on my life and leadership as a matter of fact i was with a group of leaders yesterday in, uh, Sam Chan's one of Sam Chan's coaching programs. And we were asked to share our leadership journey and story. And I told them all about one of the very first, if not the first coaching voice in my life, what an impact you've had. And I know that same impact is going to be felt by our listeners today. So Dusty, would you take a few minutes and just talk to us about the importance of vision?
1: Well, Travis, I sure will. And I I'm humbled that you would even say all those things and, um, but I appreciate that. You know, it's it's easy for someone um, like, like me um, to find those kind of qualities in someone like you. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think it's important for all of us as leaders to make a practice of looking and searching for uh, people that we can find those kind of qualities and leadership skills in mm. And um, it's not necessarily that I'm so eager to be a role model to somebody. It's it's so that I have something to pass on to somebody, and so to be able to have those things and to look for those qualities in in someone else, I'm um, just on a constant search all the time. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen in young people. It happens in other people that are just eager in yeah. seeking out that possibility of being leader. But as far as vision goes, um, you know, you, you probably heard it said, um, if you don't know where you're going, anywhere will do. If you don't want right. to get there, then any, any way will do. Well, the truth of the matter is God has set a destiny for all of us. It may be different for me than it is for you, that opportunity that is given on the path to ministry. And so the idea of that is to understand that vision brings clarity to all that God is going to unfold for you.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, to make vision uh simple in a definition today, I, I notice you have glasses on, I have glasses on, and without these glasses, I'm I'm not totally handicapped. I can get around. I can hear voices. I can feel out things, but it sure is a lot easier with my glasses on.
2: Right.
1: And something that I have to do periodically is I have to go get my vision retweaked. Um, you've sat mm. in there before. Yeah. Uh, which looks better? One or two, two or three, three or four. And when it's all said and done, I've got a new pair of glasses, and then I pick out a frame that's going to make me look younger than I am today, <laughs> and more popular, and the hair color, and all that stuff goes with it. But the real, the real easy thing about vision is, can you see clear to where God wants you to be? Mm. And what is, that, what is that vision to you? What's that in goal? Um, I think um, um in a nutshell i 'm going to read something here. vision is a practical guide for creating plans, setting goals and objectives, making decisions, and coordinating and evaluating the work any project, large or small and so when we get into that idea again, vision sometimes is confused with mission,
2: mm. it's
1: confused with purpose, and each one of those things have their own definition in in right and rightfully so. Right. For instance, purpose keeps me focused on why I exist. I have a purpose, you have a purpose. Um, a church often will have a purpose, a company, a corporation will set a purpose early on. Without that purpose, you you have no reason to exist. Vision simply keeps you focused on how to accomplish that vision. It keeps you focused on the long range. So many times I talk to people and they say, "Well, that's that's not vision because vision, here's my vision." Well, sometimes they have that those two things confused. Hmm. Your purpose should really never change. Right? My purpose should be set so far out in front of me that's what I have to to live for every day is that purpose. My vision just like my eyes are tweaked every day. Am I staying focused on my vision to fulfill my purpose? Hmm. And so the idea there is one of the reasons that I feel like vision changes, um, Travis, is because our culture changes. One of the things we have failed at leadership is that we don't want to change. We talk to people about changing. We want to change like us but we've come to the place where we don't wanna change. The reason I feel like leaders must be successful in leadership, how to be successful in leadership, we change because culture changes. If we don't grow with culture and we don't change with culture, that means my vision has to be refocused, retweaked. I have to sit in that chair again and I've I've gotta get lined up with my purpose, my Mm -hmm. mission. Is how I'm going to get there. My my mission is altogether another different subject. How am I going to get there? How am I going to achieve my purpose? And then the vision is what keeps me focused and on track to get from that place. Um, I was I was reading earlier in John 6:38. Matter of fact, if it's okay, I'm just going to read this scripture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It
1: says, says, I have come down. Jesus is talking. He says, I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's the purpose of Jesus. Why did he come? I came to do the will of the Father. There was never a question in Christ's purpose in coming to earth. And then he goes on to talk about the will of the Father, of him who sent me, all that he has done, even me, I should, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. Mm. That's his vision. That's the vision of fulfilling the purpose. And so in two simple scriptures, in John chapter 6, verse 38 and 39, Jesus laid out the whole reason that he was here he came to do the will of the father that included going to calvary that including prayed, praying in gethsemane until his sweat became as 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 blood drops that including that included the healings and the, the peaks and and the benefits of ministry it included the lows of all of that hmm. so it he continually had to get away and be with the father to hear the father say I, I sent you to do my will, not your will. Listen to the words in mm. the Garden of Gethsemane. You do, I, Lord, let this cup pass from me. He said, I have, I have not come to do my will, but to do your will. What is your will? That was his ultimate purpose. And when we get that idea, then vision comes right in into that and gives us the direction of how we're to accomplish that purpose and the mission helps keep us on track on how we're going to do that. Hmm. So all of these things are essential. And I think one of the things, like I said, it just sometimes we get confused between the definition of what vision is, what purpose is and what mission is. And and vision is just simply keeping us focused and on track to do the things that God's called us to do.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's so good. It's already rich, and we're only one question in. I knew this interview was going to um, was going to be like this, Dusty. Um, one of the things I've discovered over the past eighteen years of leading is that when a leader has a clear vision for his or her organization, it helps facilitate alignment on the team. And and the clearer your vision gets, the more clearly you can see those who need to be on your team. And sometimes it reveals. Who maybe really isn't called to be on your team after all how important is alignment in an organization and how does alignment impact vision
1: and i'm so glad you asked this question because whether you're on a team by yourself or you're growing a staff or a team or an organization alignment is critical it's crucial Um, let me again try to bring this around in such a practical way um, do you drive a car? Yes. Um, one of the things that's so important to the car is an alignment, a front alignment, a four wheel right. alignment, because every tire, if not aligned ends up operating independently of itself. Mm. And those tires wear out mm. Keep that in mind, you go to the, to the tire store and you look at the front left tire, and it's, it's running thin on one side and you're thinking, well, no wonder it's pulling to that side. It's pulling to that direction. My tire is not only wearing out, but it's making me work harder from the steering wheel. Cause I kind of keep fighting it this way. Mm. And so what happens is you end up having to buy a whole brand new tire. That tire's exhausted. It's worn out. It's wearing thin versus the other tires that are not ready to be replaced. So you have to rotate those around, switch places, and then you've got to wear on that, you know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm talking to the choir here. Um, another place of alignment is, is sports. If you talk to a golfer, a golfer will constantly keep his, his alignment where, where he's teed up and how he's aligned depends on where the ball is going to go And so all of that, when it leaves the face of the club, the first thing that the pro will tell you is your feet aren't aligned, your hands aren't aligned, your hips are in the wrong alignment. Same thing happens with a batter in the batter's box in baseball. If he continues to hit foul balls, they'll actually switch his hips, they'll move his hips around, they'll change his feet a little bit until he becomes in alignment with his swing. How important is alignment with what you're doing? First of all, if you're on a staff of people, you guys are going to be like that worn out tires on the car. Mm. If one staff member is at alignment with the vision of the leader, then things begin to pull in that staff right. member's location. And if you're not careful, you will work harder than you were meant to work. And your staff is going to become worn out over one unaligned member. Mm. And so that alignment is, is strategic. Just like you sit in that chair with your visionary, with your with your eye doctor, and he goes, which, which looks better, this or that, that or this. Can you read the bottom line? How far down can you? And, and the truth is, if you're not together every week, getting with your staff, some it may be every day, And you're not getting together with them and finding out where are we in our vision today? Where are we on our focus today? How are we producing getting our ultimate goal here and our purpose on down the road? If you're not aligned, then you're drifting. You're moving this way or that way. You always, as a leader, you're the responsibility one to bring this back into alignment Mm. so that your whole team is driving down the road correctly um if not your your swing will be off this way or off that way, and again, I want to refer to some practical things in the bible um let's let's take a look at the ministry of jesus 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 chose three hmm. he chose three Peter James, and John. he was with them all the time. you find them together at every every ministry outing but even, even less than that, they were the ones that were around Jesus when He prayed. They were at the Mount of Transfiguration. They were in places that had close conversation with Him. But outside of that, of that three, those three that He stayed in alignment with constantly, always speaking to them about the will of the Father to them, mm-hmm. He walked with twelve he chose three. He walked with 12, but he ministered alongside of 70. Hmm. And until those things become in alignment with the ministry of Jesus, only then could he minister unto the multitudes. So all of these things happened in stages in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus. He began in, in, the, in the smaller areas. He began ministering vision in smaller places, and he chose those three. And then he expanded while he walked with 12. He ministered alongside 70, but he ministered unto multitudes. Sometimes we want to jump out there into the multitudes, but our, right. we feel like our purpose is great, but we're right. stuck over ourselves in vision because we're not aligned. God has not intended you to do ministry by yourself. Mm. He created us to be able to partner together in ministry and to be aligned, even in marriage. If you feel like you're the only one that's in ministry right now, you're wrong. You need to be in alignment in your marriage, in alignment with your family. If your marriage or your family is out of alignment line with what your purpose and your vision is, then, then your, your home life is going to be steering one way and it's up to you as a leader to get that back on track Mm. so you're you're hitting down the fairway you're hitting home runs and you're making that drive as smoothly as possible and you come out with 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 great great anticipation and great things in your life and everything is going well like you anticipated so alignment is strategic it's so important and to bring that back in alignment
0: has to happen on a daily or a weekly basis it's strategic can you offer us one practical tip to cultivating alignment say we're talking to a pastor or a leader of an organization and he's saying, okay, I know I need to help facilitate alignment in my organization or on my team. Is there one practical thing you can do? You mentioned at least once a week you're, you're connecting with your team, you're touching base. But is there, is there something practically also that, Dusty, that you can um, share with us that would help us maybe implement and say, okay, this is really going to help keep your team aligned?
1: Well, I, I think is after, after you've brought a staff in and they're already on your staff, I think it's important for them... To hear that vision constantly, yeah, um, it it needs to be in a handwritten note. It could be it could be in their paycheck every week. It just mm-hmm. a just a note, whatever that vision is. Um, um, you know, we when when I pastored, I had a certain, I had purpose, I had mission, I had vision, all written into this. And one of the things that we had is is um, um, we like to use this phrase come to the table you know a the place for us a table was a place where anybody could come to no matter what age what size what place you are in life and and the the bread of life was prepared for everybody mm. and so constantly repeating that vision um, who have you invited to the table this week who's at the table who's a part of the table with you And and then every part of your ministry aspect should have something to do with the purpose and the vision in your ministry. Don't ever have a youth gathering without sharing your vision. Mm. Don't don't ever have a a small group discussion or a men's breakfast without sharing your vision. No matter what what, um, uh, thing is happening in your church, in your ministry at the time, Your vision is driving everything. It's what's keeping you on track to fulfill that purpose. And so um, right now I'm I'm involved in in my son's church, and we've helped tweak this vision for the church we call NEO, N-E-O. And we do not do life alone. So everything we do, everything we do has that vision attached to it. Right. We don't do life alone. And if, if you're doing life alone out there somewhere, then you need to, you need to come be a part of, of who we are. And so that vision, every party, every gathering, every meal function. And so in essence, what you, were, what you asked, I would get that information. Make sure your staff, your team, your people, your leaders, your teachers, everybody you consider a part of the leadership, they need to be able to repeat your vision better than you do. Mm. And if they can't tell it, they don't know it. And mm. if they don't know it, they might need to be somewhere else. I'm mm. not being ugly, but the right. idea going back to that tire and alignment, you might need to replace a tire here and there. You might, you might need to get to the place where you kick the tire and it's not as sharp as the other three. And you realize what's dragging you down is that one person that doesn't know the vision in your, in your church. Mm. And, and they're in a key role. They're one of the, one of your catalyst leaders, And so for them to understand vision is hugely important, not only from you as a pastor, but from you as a leader. Um, There's one thing you can do is to pastor your people, but you've gotta be a boss to your employees. Hmm. And so those things are are two different things. And so, so many times uh, this is off the beaten path, but you can't be, you know, you feel like you gotta be a pastor to your staff. No, you gotta be a boss to your staff. Hmm. you've got to be a pastor to your people and and the people that you are bosses to have got to be leaders in their own small groups within the church and if all that is out of alignment and you find out primarily in their conversation if they're not talking about it they don't know it and so they need to
0: be as concerned about your vision as much as you are wow wow uh, this is uh, gold, Dusty. I had a situation about four or five years ago where I needed an alignment, and uh, sure enough, um, my passenger's front passenger side tire was out of alignment, and um, it had worn out, and it needed to be replaced. But when I went to replace the tire, and I saw the bill, I realized the bill was kind of high. I said, all of this for one tire? And the guy says, well, no. Uh, he said, you need two. I said, why do I need two? He said, well, the other one is, is worn down. He mm-hmm. um, doesn't need to be changed. It's not worn down enough to be changed, but it's worn down too much to add another new tire on the other side. He said, so all you're going to do is create a new problem. And, and to your point, if you don't deal with the wheel that's out of alignment, you could end up losing more team members than you needed to. Exactly. This is gold. This is rich. Um, I hope everyone is uh, Uh, bookmarking this episode and downloading this one to your phone because this is going to be one that you can catalog and go back to and reference again and again when you're getting ready to freshen up your vision when you're looking at the mission of your your organization your church your team dusty can you give us one or two principles that might help someone listening bring clarity to their own vision you've already talked about this a little bit but practically speaking uh someone's thinking about it and they said okay i get it but it seems kind of blurry um to your point they're sitting in the the eye doctor's chair and uh, they're looking through these lenses they haven't gotten there yet it seems it just seems fuzzy and it's kind of yeah. frustrating can you offer us a couple of principles
1: i can and uh you know this this is uh some some out of trial and error but i'll talk a little bit about what i just finished but if, if uh, the first thing you need to do is how clear and how concise is your vision? If it's not explainable, then it's not repeatable. If it's not repeatable, how can somebody explain it? And so you've gotta get with somebody that may be outside your circle and ask for their evaluation. Let me go back to the doctor's chair for just a minute. Which looks better, one or two? Which looks better, two or three? three or four. And so in order to tweak that vision, you've got to get with some people that will help you see clearly through to the end. Um, One of the things that I had to learn as a leader, I don't have all the answers, but there are people out there that can help me tweak to the place that that I can get to the place where I need to be. Um, One of the reasons that I'm, I'm where I'm at today doing what I do today is because of the importance that I have an input in being able to sit with critical leaders and saying, ah, this might work, that might work, but here's what we need to do. And so when you look for the overall of the of the group, the first principle I would say is how clear and concise is your vision? Can it be repeated? Can it be related? Is it relatable? Is Is it clearly defined? Um, if, if you've got a vision, that's a whole paragraph long, right. And somebody has to go study it and memorize it and put it in their photographic memory. But then next week it changes. Um, your vision needs some, some help. Second thing is, can your vision be translated into three to seven key strategies? No more than seven. I, I think looking at it on paper, the, 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 the lesser it is, if that makes sense. It's easy to memorize. And, um, and it's, it's easy for people you know, to, to get out there. Um, I, I think early on at, at a place like McDonald's, I know it's a business, but you know, they had a goal of selling, selling a billion hamburgers. Then they went on to 10 billion hamburgers. And, and when those goals were achieved um, they still have a purpose of being mm. the greatest fast food chain restaurant in the world, but their goals are, are done. They've, they've surpassed all of right. it. And so, um, you know, I, I remember too a time in spending my days early on, uh, one of the most important things that McDonald's was able to do is they wanted to, to touch every customer And those were the days when Mm. their their vision was to bring people more so than the hamburger, bring them back to the restaurant because we want to physically touch somebody, touch Mm. somebody's life. And so in those days, they would take your change and they would place the change in your hand and touch you as a person and say, have a nice day, come back to McDonald's. And so now you know, we, we're six feet apart and we don't, we want to have rubber gloves on and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have that interchange. Um, but um, so, so many of us will get to that place. I, I think your, your vision needs to be translated. I think it needs to be fully understood with everybody that you hire. Even your church members need to, to know that in your organization. There, another idea is, does each leader in the organization understand how they practically contribute to each of your visionary items. If, if, you're, if you don't relay those areas of importance among your staff, then what value do they add to your vision? Hmm. Um, I'll go back to the sports analogy. Um, not every one of us can be a pitcher on a baseball team. You only put so many pitchers on there because you need hitters, you need outfielders. Right you need great shortstops, right? You need an awesome catcher. And so together they make a great team. And so as a leader, you need to practice daily on, on expressing what value your team member adds to your vision. If there's no value there, if you don't, if you don't, do what I call an attaboy conversation. What's that mean? Hey, attaboy, you did a great job this weekend. Hey, man, you did great playing the trumpet. You did great playing the guitar. You, could, you did great folding the, the bulletins. Whatever it is that they're doing uh, from the parking lot to the pew to the altar to the nursery, all of these areas surrounding that organization, um, you need to make it a, a practice to get around to your people. If it's a handwritten note, you you need to make sure that that gets out there, and uh, give people the idea that they bring value to your vision. Another thing uh, is keep the conversation alive um, to help mm. that, to help that energy stay focused on your vision. Um, almost almost like the scripture says to not enter into vain conversation. Don't just idly talk to somebody. Have a conversation on purpose. Right. Um, you may be talking to somebody that's having a struggle about why they're even coming to church. Add mm. vision to your conversation. Mm. Bring, that, bring that purpose into fruition. Um, the sixth thing, lastly here, what I want to say is do the strategies and the process to get there. Create the opportunity for a triple win. Good for the customer or the member, good for the company, and good for the employee. All of those things, three wins that you have to cultivate as a leader in your organization. It's got to be great for the organization. It's got to be great for the person that's working there. And it's got to be great for, the, for the, the people who are attending. And so all of that adds value from the time they come hmm. in the parking lot to the time they come in the door to the time they sit in your pew. They've got to feel value in, in worship. Um, I've watched people in worship services, and you've watched them too. They just stand there. Yep. Yep. What is the purpose of this? Right, right. And if we don't don't illustrate to them that the whole purpose of our existence, the reason we're created, according to Revelation 4 and 11, is that we were created to praise Him. If you're just standing there, then you're living a purposeless life. And, and the purpose is we're providing every aspect, every avenue to fulfill your purpose as a worshiper. We want you to worship today. Your worship means a blessing to God. And so even in the little things, even through your worship service, provide that vision. Every conversation that you're giving is uplifting that person to get from point A to point B. And tomorrow it's going to be something else. And so that's why I say vision has got to be, it's got to be refocused it's got to be changed it's got to be tweaked it's got to it's got to be out there and it happens a lot through our speech through what we put out there um through the videos that we show through everything that we incorporate in our ministry is all of these things i think are are very practical ways in helping to get our our vision our focus aligned
0: yeah 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 i agree with you and dusty i think this next question is is really um, relevant especially to uh, those that are leading ministries those that are pastors that are listening or ministry leaders um, leaders of organizations who are all just coming out of COVID. i i've said the last couple of months i think um, a lot of people have underestimated the toll emotionally that COVID has taken especially on senior pastors lead pastors i think the the toll is yet to be seen or discovered i think the next three to six months are going to tell tell a lot of this that story and i think the church has to be prepared to minister Mm -hmm. to our ministers but that being said vision leaks vision leaks and i think you know over time the original vision has a way of getting fuzzy or watered down and the leader has to be intentional about recasting and protecting that vision Mm -hmm. now you've already addressed some of this um at length uh, because it has to be a part of the DNA of the house. But, but I'm curious with, um, I, I just recently, in fact, just this morning, I heard uh, Kerry Newhoff say this. Um, he was talking to Timothy Keller, and they said what they're noticing across the board with pastors and leaders is how tired everybody is. They're tired. They're just tired. They're coming out of, they're coming out of a, a, a pandemic tired, um, wrestling with uh, 2020 and the challenges of last year. Everyone's just tired the old saying goes, tired eyes rarely ever see a bright future. I think, I think this is where vision can really begin to leak. So here's my question. What are a couple of signs that vision has started to leak? And is it, is it a leak that we can fix? Or is it simply a leak that we have to learn how to manage? Yeah. Um, let me, um, let me answer that
1: best. I think with, with, uh, going back to the eyesight thing, if that's okay. Yep. Um, as, as you know, I I wear glasses, you can see that. And, um, one of the things that I have going on with, um, in my, in my retina, I have, I have vessels that leak and it's primarily because of diabetes and, and because of the diabetes that I, I do suffer with, um, It's controllable by medication It's controllable by, by weight loss. Um, It's controllable by exercise. All of these things can bring these eye difficulties down. So I said all that to say Hmm. vision does leak and there is a reason for that. And it can be fixed. It can be fixed. Uh, and so the ultimate fix is to be healed. Man, I'd love to get up from here today, this conversation, just knowing that I've talked to, to Travis Hall and the words coming out from your side of the screen have brought healing to my body and I don't have to wear these anymore and the miracles happen. You know, thank God. That that you know could happen. I'm not, right. I'm not discounting the fact. But the, the practical side of that is there are some things that I have to do to keep this maintained. Hmm. And and I think in your culture of where you are, and I said this earlier, one of the failures that we have as leaders is that we want to to form our leadership of what we've learned over 20 years into where we are right now, and we haven't learned anything today. Hmm. One of the reasons our vision leaks is because our culture has changed. We cannot operate today like we did in July of 2020.
2: Mhm.
1: It's not going to work. Right. Um honestly, I feel like people it's I'm I'm just going to get to a personal opinion here. I think yeah. I, we haven't come back to the place where we were pre-covid because mm-hmm. I think people are now more comfortable now they're using excuses of covid to stay home. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be around people. I I'm I'm not ready yet. And the truth is they've gotten too comfortable at home on Sunday on the couch in their PJs, eating yep. a bowl of cereal and a cup of coffee while church is going on. They don't have to get up anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so here's, here's what I, what I've called that pastor. I've called that a spiritual drift. Hmm. Um, you can see this in desert places when the wind blows constantly in one direction the sand moves and yeah. piles up a dune and that sand dune now is, is, they say, well, that, that was created because of the drift. Well, if you look back, it's still the same sand in a level plane, but that mm. sand moved, it drifted and it made a big pile here and yeah. over here it's dug out. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when
1: you look at the idea of a spiritual drift, what happens is it's it's spiritually, it's deception where the wind has blown. If we're if our sails are not set in the vision with God and in the purpose that God has called us to be. We will be like a man that's tossed in the waves of the sea. You remember that scripture? Mm. And we'll go with every wave that's that's coming up. I'm kind of feeling the Holy Spirit here right mm. now. But the idea is where we are today, the enemy has come in our land and he has deceived us. The wind has blown so far in this direction that, that we have become deceived in the spiritual things of God. And it's blown us off course, to be honest with you. And mm. when we come to this place, Smith Wigglesworth put it like this. He Smith Wigglesworth was a noted evangelist, and he said, the reason the world is not seeing Jesus is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. Mm. I can't I can't put any more to that because our purpose, our purpose, if his purpose was to come to do the will of the Father. Our purpose is to come to do the will of Jesus, and it's to share Jesus Christ with every believer. He even told us that before he left this earth, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It doesn't mean to have a pulpit ministry, but when you understand that, purpose, right? my purpose for today is I need to share what I have on the inside of me. And if I'm not filled with Jesus, I'm filled with something else. Right. I can only share what I'm filled with. And so my vision every day has got to be retweaked to the place. I can fix my vision. The bottom line of fixing vision right now is to spend time with Jesus. Hmm. I've got to spend time with Jesus. My, my ultimate vision, my ultimate focus has got to be like Him. And so, Pastor, if I'm spending more time reading about leadership than I am about following His leadership, then I'm being filled with the wrong things. Hmm. My, my vision will drift however the wind is blowing our wind is the wind of the holy spirit he will always move us toward that ultimate call that he's called us to and if we're not staying focused on that our our vision will leak here's here's something else that I feel like's important that I read that I read here just recently um in order for us to to be able to to lead learn to lead is to learn our culture. So many things are changing in our culture every day, but what I what I have to know about who we are as believers, I can't change my principles. I'm not going to back up, just right. like children, right. the Hebrew children standing before uh, before that evil ruler. Um, you know, there's that same spirit in our land today that is that is wanting us to bow down, that wanting us to accept false gods, that's mm. wanting us, and, and it's the, the heat more, more or less, is being turned up in our lives today to follow the wrong voices and the wrong leadings of this world. Mm-hmm. And my principles can't change. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to back down to what I know the Bible right. on me and how I need to believe and what my principles are and what my doctrine believes. And if nothing else, that focus has got to remain pure and true before the presence of God in my life. And that means I've got to be in his word more, I've got to be around my brothers more, I've got to be around other people that are speaking into my life that are constantly fixing this leaking from my vision. Mm. Uh, It's a challenge, every day is a challenge. And I've got to keep that in front of me and I've got to keep pressing on uh, prayer is essential. To hear from God is essential. Uh, and to hear what He's speaking to me about my vision and about how I'm reaching that ultimate purpose. And so these things are fixable. Weeks are fixable. Hmm. Um, and so those those are very attainable.
0: So good. So good. Dusty, what encouragement would you offer somebody who's wrestling with frustration because they don't feel like their vision is being realized as quickly as they hoped it would. I know we can all relate to this question. We've all been there. But what kind of encouragement would you give to somebody who maybe they're just, maybe they're just starting to pursue a vision? Maybe they just learned about vision and they're trying to pursue it. But it just doesn't feel like it's being realized as quickly as they thought. How would you encourage them?
1: Well, let me, let me encourage you, first of all, by going back to redefining again. Vision may never be obtained may it may never be obtained what's mm. obtained is a goal and to get beyond your goal is to getting you to the ultimate purpose that god has called you to and so um when we when we when we say things like you know my my, my vision's not being obtained realize that your vision is a tool mm. to obtain the thing that he's called you to do so i can first say Don't get these things mixed up because it will frustrate you greatly. Um, You need to understand what that vision is. How am I fulfilling the vision to get to the purpose that God has called me to get to? Mm. And so don't lose sight of the promise. That would be the most important thing. Don't lose sight of the purpose and the promise that God has called you to. Um, Let's say, for instance, I don't know, you know, God has called you to the purpose of of reaching your city and running a thousand people in your church that's not a vision that's your purpose Mm. so many people will get confused my vision is to to reach a thousand people for jesus that's that's not a vision that's Mm -hmm. your purpose that's your call and so your vision is keeping you on track for that so so understand those definitions, and you will feel less frustrated in all that you're doing. That's good. Prayer helps to stay focused. Um, Moses, Moses was called to lead the children of Israel into what? The promised land. Mm-hmm. He never got to go. Right. But was his vision fulfilled? Yes. Mm. He was able to pass the baton onto the next leader. Moses got to the place where it was time for him to let go and and release his ministry into somebody else. I even said earlier today, it's hard to grasp to the future if you don't let go of the past. Mm. And so some of us have got to realize that vision changes. Um, leaders change, but the purpose of God is always driving. Mm. And so if we can get to the place where we understand that, we will become a lot less frustrated. Keep speaking your vision. Mm. Uh, we're encouraged by the words that come out of our own mouths. Even David said that in the days when when he was living in caves and running from his enemy, he had to to basically pick himself up by his own bootstraps and he he spoke encouragement to himself. If you're not talking to yourself, nobody else can talk to you. Mm. And so those words have got to come out of your mouth. Ask God to give you those words and to fill him with your words, to fill himself with your words. And, and I want to say this too. Um, if you find yourself in a place of frustration moving forward, Um, don't be afraid to back up. Hmm. And and, um, what do I mean by that? Um, I did this this morning. You probably did it this morning. Before you headed to your place of business or church or office or organization, you probably backed out of your garage. Right. Backed out of the driveway. Now, granted, you can't get to where you're going As quickly in reverse as you can in drive, but you've got to back out of the driveway. What does that do for us? That puts us in a fresh position to move forward. Hmm. Putting in reverse, it is the first gear on the car. You move out of park, first place you go is reverse. You back out of every parking lot. You back out of every garage. And the idea is in ministry, before I can move forward, take a step back. Hmm. realize where you've been. Realize what you've accomplished. Um, I mentioned my son earlier. One of the things that I constantly do with him as a church planter is speak words of encouragement because he's he's got these lofty goals, and he's always comparing himself with other places that he sees in his vision,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and that may be an ultimate place, and that may be a little frustrating for him, but right now, I'm here, and he wants to get there. So you, you got to determine how how is that going to. Be. So, um, it, it's constantly backing up and saying, "Man, look what you've done! Look what you've done in three months! Look what you've done in six months! Look what right. you've done over the course of the right. year!" Right. And so, sit down, back up, put it in reverse. And just draw a list of testimony. If you have to write those down and read about them every day in your own manuscript and your own bio, and you read the story out loud, it's almost like putting the enemy in the chair. Listen to what me and the Lord have done in the Mm. name of Jesus. Here's what we did. We answered the call. He woke me up we did this, we did that. And so you go on with this process until you walk away from that place and you're ready to accomplish any task God has set before you. Mm. Back up, just go in reverse one time and and make that a practice. You can do that without making an announcement to everybody. And Mm. there's nothing wrong with going in reverse. Sometimes it keeps you from crashing. Sometimes Mm. it keeps you from from, uh, going the wrong way down the wrong road. Stop. Back up, put it in drive, and let's go on again. And you start fresh again every day. And so, um, learn to do that. It's healthy. It's good for you as a person. It's good for your organization, and um, it, it's even good for you as a leader to sit your staff down and say, "Hey, let's let's write down some accomplishments." It, it, all that is is backing up. Let's look right. how faithful God has been. And compared to where he's taking us to, we're going to get there.
0: Hmm. Wow. So, so good. Today's transformational truth is a lack of vision will produce a lot of frustration. Dusty, where can people find you?
1: Well, um, two places primarily. That I'm, I'm not real a real big guru on social media or anything like that, but I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. And uh, and so you're welcome to go on there and ask me to, to friend you or however that works. I'll be glad to do that. Um, just make mention that you've seen me here and I'll be glad to share with you and spend some time with you and speak into your life as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that. I know you will and I know you do. I know that's a passion in your life and if you'd like to connect with dusty wilson please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes and if transformational truce is helpful to you please do me a favor take a moment go to the apple itunes store and rate the show and write us a quick review i want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership dusty thank you for being with us today thanks for having me man we love you
2: I know I haven't bothered right now.